Chapter 23, Discourse 6, Nayim Bey's page, Tet Lamed Vov. Page 36. In midst of the discussion about the nature of the ten hidden spheres, So what we learned in the previous chapter, 22, was the ten spheres as they are, concealed or encompassed in the essence, which really means in the divine light before the tzimtzum. So he used the word essence. But then a line later he said, It's not a contradiction. Because generally speaking, when we talk about the energy before the before the symptom, you generally can talk about that in the context of being within the essence. Now, obviously, when you break it down further, you could say the essence is even beyond the energy before the symptom, because energy before the symptom is still a language before symptom, after symptom. Atmos, the essence itself. Is be, it transcends this language of before and after symptom, <clears throat> post and pre-symptom. Um, the essence does not manifest in revelation or in the lack of revelation. And therefore the essence is omnipresent, but in a form that we, we completely cannot relate to because it could be there and it'd be completely concealed. It's not concealed. See, when we talk about energy, you could say, I see the energy, I don't see the energy. I feel the God or I don't feel God. But that's in our terms. The concept of feeling something, of sensing something, of relating to something does not exist from the perspective of Asmus because those are all created instruments. You could even say created interfaces, including even the concept of Ur itself. Ur itself is Gilui at the end of the day. Some form of manifestation. Whereas Atmos has no manifestation at all, can manifest, cannot manifest, is beyond manifestation, beyond not manifestation, beyond definition, but not beyond. But right now he's not talking about Atmos in that level. There are places where he discusses that, especially, like for example, a few chapters back when we learned that Atmos is not even a moir, not even a source of light. So that's when he speaks how Atmos is beyond anything we can relate to. But here, for all practical purposes, when we say esosphere muses, we're obviously talking within, not in Atmos itself, but in the, what we call the divine energy, which is essentially a Atmos type of con- consciousness. Because what else is felt there, like we learned before, there was nothing but him and his name, or him and his energy. Not earlier, actually, we learned that later. So, meaning that the state of when you say and only him and his name or him and his energy and his air exist means the air consciousness, the pre-symptom consciousness is all about the source. There's nothing else but the source. But it's the source in some type of conscious way. Not consciousness as we know it because we're independent entities, but there's a source, an Atmosdika type of consciousness. So if Atmos would manifest, that's Eden Sofli So the way the hidden spheres exist there, they could not in any way radiate. They could not in any way 
be contained by our existence. They're, number one, they're, they're formless. They're too partial. They're too amorphous to be able to, to, to manifest in even the highest worlds. And then the main part of the chapter is that if they would shine and they radiate, they would be they would all be radiate in, in without any order, without organization, without any erpnimi, no istalshlus, no no uh, process, no structure. They would just radiate, as he said, like hidden faculties that radiate during the simcha, during the celebration. And that's not the kavana. The kavana is that these hidden spheres. Um, that the, the existence have a structure, an organized structure, a So therefore we need the essence spheres, the hidden spheres as they are before the Tzimtzum to be concealed, to allow for a distinct state to emerge, it's a distinct state of Chochmah or Bina and so on. On the other hand, when Chochmah, it does emerge as a distinct entity, it's still Chochmah. It is rooted in the same Chochmah and does not change fundamental personality. It doesn't become from Chochmah to Bina. The Chachma that was in this ethereal state before the Tzimtzum, as he explained earlier, from the perspective, this is how God, uh, the essence, sees existence, let's say, how he envisions existence. But there's still Chachma and Bina, that's what he's envisioning. So there, they can be distinct in any way, but there still is a connection between the energy after the Tzimtzum, the air after the Tzimtzum, the air before. Whereas the containers, on the other hand, are infinitely distant from the power of the finite, which is their source before the tzimtzum. So chachma after the tzimtzum, as it comes out in the revealed spheres, is still chachma. However, now it's in a form that can now manifest in a container, and it's in a diminished state. So now we continue in chapter 23, page 36. Chav Gimel. An example for this, and the example for this, like when you combine kibbutz really means to gather, and tzidur is combine. Gimle dal asis yachad, three or four letters together. Nasimahem teva achas. From them is created that creates a word. You take three or four letters, put them together, it creates a word. And this word is a container for the concept, for some concept, for the for understanding is some some subject matter. That this seichel, this idea. Is understood through these letters. So the letters create a word and the word conveys an idea. Alderech Moshe, for example. Teva is Baruch. The word Baruch. Say Baruch Atah. Or Baruch, which means blessed are you, blessed. What's Baruch? Baruch consists of that by combining four letters together, the letters Bez, Reish, Vav, Chav, four distinct independent letters. When combining these four letters, we can comprehend and understand the inyan of a bracha, of a blessing. Something new has emerged. So, 
It's being even more specific. Shusha Mavarchi Ish, that someone blesses him, Shigad, that he should grow, Vyasanabituva Vikhayev, and he should have abundance good in life. So it's a whole concept. It's not just a, a word. You're conveying now a message, an idea. Harizaskolas Indian Mamish. Which means this is this is a, a, an actual understand an appreciation or comprehension of an idea of an Indian of something. An Indian is not really the idea. Indian means just a, a subject matter. So you took four letters independently. If you had Beis, Reish, Vav, Chaf, independently, you had no idea. They don't mean anything. They're just letters, like building blocks. Put them together, and they turn. They create a word, and that word conveys a whole message, a whole concept, a blessing. And especially specific, a blessing that is about, you know, a blessing that has a, has a, has, a uh, has content, and weight carries weight because it's a message of bringing person life and goodness and so on. And he goes even further. And we speak about a bracha al yena, a bracha coming from above, connected to above, a bracha al yena, meaning a blessing from heaven. In the word baruch is hinted the root and source of the concept of a blessing. Like it says in Tikunizaya. The Baruch Rashatevis Reshu Mokka Kobrach. The Baruch is the acronym. Of Reish, the head, the mocker, and source of all blessing. See, look, Reish, Vov, Chav, Beis. Baruch is made up of Beis, Reish, Vov, Chav. In a, in a different order, it is it is a acronym. The Reish is Reish, the Vov is Umoker, the Chav is Kol, and, bar, and the Beis is Baruch. So Baruch, in other words, is not just blessing; it also refers to the head and the source of all blessing, all in, all hidden in, in, in this, all uh, contained in this four-letter word. I says bracha yena because obviously, we talk about a blessing one human being to another, has also carries a lot of uh, import. Um, but nevertheless, it's a blessing. It doesn't necessarily reflect the blessing from above. But a real blessing from bracha yena what does that mean? What level is it? That it's referring to the root of blessing that is drawn from the level of Kesed. So though he's using an example, but you see this example is within the subject of the Hemshech of Ayin Beis, which is all about Kesed, the ultimate interface. So blessing essentially draws down from the level of Kesed. All this is hinted to in the all is included in the word Baruch. And chapter of Ekev, chapter page two seventy one a. The Baruch Ubachma. The Baruch is in the level of Chachma. Which he just said is Kesa. The root the head and the root of all blessing is Kesa. But in Zayr it says Baruch is in the level of Chachmah, which is also related to the whole Hemshah, because we're talking about Chachmah becomes the Chachmah's becomes the interface between Kesa and Atsilus. I'm just pointing that out. 
And in general, more specific, well, he's more general, but it could also be more specific. Overall, Baruch is the level of Yusei So Chachma has within it 10 spheres. Yusei of Chachma is basically Yusei Abba, that's the expression of Kabbalah. It's the you saw the, the foundational element of, of Abba, of Chachma. As it says, so we have here a quote called Tikune Zeyar, Zeyar Anama Er Er, which is uh, written by a, uh, a, a Talmud of the Arizal. It's essentially an encyclopedia of terms according to Kabbalah. It goes in alphabetical order from Aleph to Tuf. And every word has a few lines. And there's Yair Nesiv, a commentary there that explains it. But it's a very fundamental text that Chassidus brings because it like establishes the level. It doesn't explain much in, in explanation, but it establishes different levels. Like you want to know what is Baruch, what is Melech, what is Shabbos, what is the sun, what is the moon, what is the table, what is a, a, a Torah. It'll, it'll, it goes in alphabetical order and gives you uh, the, 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 the source and usually cites in the commentary, the Zayars or the Tikkunah Zayars, where it's taken from. So basically, Baruch, well, we now have three interpretations. Baruch is Keser, Chachma, is Zayar, and Meir is Yusei Daba. And now he continues to explain this word, Baruch, Baruch. The Yesh Hefer has been Baruch LeBaruch. Go even further. Baruch is specifically Bez Reish Vav Chof. It's not Bez Reish Chof Hey. So as you see, the word is specific. It's not just a general idea of blessing. There's a difference between Baruch, which means to bless. Baruch is a verb, the action of blessing. Baruch, you are blessed, or may you bless, or Baruch. Baruch is the noun. The blessing is in. The Iyu Baruch begins to say Daba. Iyu Baruch is the level of Yusei Daba. Which, as I just said, is the Yisod within Chachma. And Bracha, Baruch also is, is, is uh, masculine, the Ihu Baruch. I mean, masculine is the level of Yisod. But the Ihi, you see, with the Yud, Bracha, with the hair at the end, is feminine, Bachinis Yisod Ima. So we know Chachma Bina is father and mother. Or Abba Nima. So more Kabbalistically, usually the words are Abba Ve'ima. But in Chassidus, sometimes it's interchangeable. It depends what we're emphasizing. Sometimes we talk about Chachma and Bina alone. The emphasis is Chachma's concept and Bina's understanding. When we talk about Chachma Bina as the root of the Midas and the beginning of all of Atzillus, then it's the father and mother. Because they, father, the father and the mother together conceive and create the emotions that come afterwards. So it says, so basically, this is probably in Hama'ir that Iyu Baruch is the, is, is the level of Yisrael Abba. I see the difference. I said Baruch and Baruch as a verb and a noun. See here, it also could be Baruch, he's uh, speaking also masculine and feminine. Yisrael Abba, and this is Yisrael Dima. Yashefer is ben Baruch, the Bichas HaShachar, the Bichas HaMitzvah. And he's going even further, how all one word contains so much, so much, so much information. Now, word, as we shall see, is also an interface. It's an interface because Beis, Reis, Vav, Chav, on their own, do not yet have an interface. You don't know what they mean. You can, they cannot be combined in this word. They can be combined in other words. They can be combined in other ways. 
But now that you've turned them into Borah, they've become now a conveyor of a message, of an idea. And he's just elaborating on the idea just to show you how four letters that have no meaning on their own suddenly just bring them together. Nothing new happens. They're the same four letters, but they're now in order. They create a word, and suddenly you have a whole volumes of ideas are, 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 are sprouting. And now there's a difference. In Boruch itself, the Birches HaShachar, Birches HaMitzvahs. You say, for example, Boruch, when you say a mitzvah, Boruch HaToshem, Lekin HaMelchalom, HaShekid HaShanu, the mitzvah, so then there's Boruch that we say in Birches HaShachar, in the morning, we say certain brachas. The morning brachas. So there's a difference between this Baruch and that, the Baruch of the, of the morning blessings, or Bichas HaMitzvahs. Or Bichas HaNenin. And blessings HaMitzvahs. And the third category is Bichas HaNenin. It's a whole category also, blessings that we make on things that we have Hanar from, that we have pleasure from. Like if you see a beautiful tree, or... Uh, or other things that that, that that is a whole category of birchus hanen, things that we have enjoyed. So birchus hamitzvus is on a mitzvah. Birchus hashachar are the blessings we make, thanking God for certain blessings, faculties, and functions that we have. And birchus hanen is a whole other category of brachas. Three different levels of brachas. Shehemu mat ma'ilamata. And these three, actually, he's actually combining them all. Sorry. He's actually bunching them all together. I was distinguishing between, he's actually distinguishing, he says, these three categories are they're drawing down God's blessing in whatever particular area we're talking, whether it's the morning blessings, mitzvahs, or hanah, or pleasure. And the blessings of Amida by Shimon when we stand, that is that we that we elevate something from below upward. So I didn't read it correctly. I was thinking So generally, he's bunching these three together. And look at the distinction. Then there's an other type of bracha, the brachas that we say in Amida, which you know every weekday it's eighteen blessings. Shabbos, obviously, we don't saw all the 18, and Yom Tov also not. In Kippur, we say nine, especially. Generally, we say six. Now we brought another Kabbalahistic source, Priyetz Chaim, which is from that Rizal, where there he says this distinction between the brachas, Shachar, Mitzvahs, and Nanin, to compare it. Which is from above down to the to, to, to the blessings at Amida, which is from below up. And ayin, the word Hebrew ayin means not just look. Ayin means to immerse yourself. Zakato is a commentary on Zayar there, the Zayar Pasha Ekev. And look at the Kutateir of Nalta Rebbe, Dakam Miflige. The Mesifta de Rekia, that is Pasha Sazria. And the Siddur, which is the Siddur of the Alta Rebbe, composed, compiled by the Mitla Rebbe, in the explanation of Baruch Shamar, Baruch. So we have here a whole series of discussion on Baruch, what Baruch is. 
First, it began with a simple meaning that means someone blessing someone for good, a life. Then he included bracha, it is in the root. is the acronym, Then the level of that kesed. Then how Zayr says chachman. You say the ab according to meir. Baruch and bracha, you say the ab, you say dimma. The difference between bichus shachar mitzvahs and bichus anen and bichus mitzvahs, bichus anen and from below and from, from, I'm sorry, from above down and bichus amida. And then, without even saying details, look at Ramaz and look at the Tere and in the Siddur, and you have more explanations in this whole discussion of Baruch. So, all this. So, here's the conclusion. So, we see from this, and the word Baruch has Haskola Gdela. Gdela uh, uh, um, uh, literally means great seichel, great idea. But he means expansive. He means volumnius, meaning that it has um, a lot of information, a lot of ideas. Gdela. Skola Gdela also means it's not just in other words a small idea, it's comprehensive. In other words, it carries, you can write a whole book just on the word Baruch, basically, on these four letters. Now, when you begin to learn with a child, you begin to teach a child, doesn't understand the combination of letters together. You teach him one letter, Aleph. They should say, this individual letter, this specific letter. Teaching him to say an Aleph. Let's say you teach him to say Aleph. In the muscle he's using, which means, well, actually, Ace Aleph, I don't think he's saying Ace Aleph. He's learning Ace Echot. You're teaching him one letter, not, not Aleph. I thought he was saying Aleph. You're teaching him one letter, one individual letter. In the example that we're using, you show him only the letter Bez from the words Baruch. You take the first letter of Baruch, you're just showing him the letter base. This is a, clearly a symptom, a diminishment, a concealment in contrast to the teacher. Because the teacher knows the word and knows many words. And the symptom consists of that the, the letter Beis should not be combined with the three other letters that follow it in Baruch, Reish, Vov, and Chof. Because this is not uh, fitting, appropriate to the understanding of the child. Rather, it has to, has to extend, it has to transmit it, transmit it as a letter on its own. And in this division, and this separation that you're conveying only the letter base, only that one letter, that first letter of Baruch. This causes it 
or the Ibn Akhir say disclose it. This distinction or this separation that you're just conveying the letter base, this means this is consists that the letter has descended greatly. Harbe meant much or greatly from its initial state, from its level. Because its energy, meaning the energy of Seichel of Borov, the base is part of Borov, has now has left it. Nostalgic manner, in a sense, as it's like nostalgic. Um, I mean, nostalgic. We use nostalgic of neshama. Nostalgic means it's been removed. Has been, has, uh, has expired. Expired. Has left it. The letter is devoid now of this of this energy. And and what remains is nothing but a little, but a bit, but a bit of a bit. Of the energy that had that that it contained when it was part of the word Baruch. Shalemitchila. Because in the beginning, when it was combined with other letters in the word Baruch, the Baruch It had the whole Askola, it had the whole entire content, it had the ideas, the scholar meaning the whole concept of Baruch. And even more so, and even more so, this word Baruch was attached, was connected with all more words, like the word Baruch Shama which is what he brought before from the Siddur, Baruch Shama. So then, it means more than just Baruch. It means the blessed is the one that says there should be a world. So you're then talking a whole new vol vol volumes of ideas. All this was in the level, all this was in the word Baruch before it was separated and distinguished for the student, for the child who only can relate to the letter itself. So you move him Now he's saying more than before he said Haskolamufla. Because from these words would have been understood Haskolamufla, a wondrous, an awesome concept. For who? What is the concept? What is what's so awesome about it? That through just Speaking alone through one God, God's voice or God's um, utterance. All the worlds were created through one utterance. Through an utterance alone, all the worlds were created without any effort and exertion. But rather in a form of Hutsiva that he commanded the Nivro and created. In other words, in a form of automatic, automatic, meaning effortless. They commanded and created. That's just a matter of just stating it and creating. All this is contained in Barak Shamavahaya an awesome concept. And now he goes deeper and explains it. See, he's explaining it because it just brings out the extent of what Baruch really contains. But B'Sharshay and its root, what is the root of this Baruch HaShem Elam? What is the root of that blessed is he that speaks and creates through an utterance? 
It's still connected to the ideas. And it's rude, this is the speaking, the utterance of Adam Kadman. Through which all the worlds were created equal. He's actually now quoting what he said earlier. To look in the Siddur, like he says, like it says in the Siddur, Mitla Rebbe Siddur, the in the explanation of Baruch Shama. So remember before we spoke about Ak as being an example for Esosphere Sagnusis. So I guess the subjects matters that he's bringing Kesser and so on are all within the subject as well. But the main point, however, is that there's a whole depth in this Baruch Shamba Elam. So it's not just that, so besides the fact that one, that a mime of God's utterance creates without effort, in its root now, this Baruch Shamba Elam, as explained in Siddur, contains a deeper concept. It refers to its root of, of this, of the utterance of Ak, that as Ak, Amira and Ak, Creates everything with one one equal everything at once. Okay, that's that, that describes what happens. What's the point of blessing God when we bless God with this type of blessing? We say Baruch Shama. No, we're not just saying God can create with an utterance without effort or from Ak. By our blessing, the purpose of saying Baruch Shama is that through this blessing, a blessing should draw down. Baruch comes from Hamshacha. There should be a revelation of this Amirda. That, you know, this way, God utters with 10 utterances, He creates the world. But that's on the divine level. As we spoke earlier, and Ach. The way they're on that level, there wouldn't be an existence. Ak is the way everything includes in God's mind, so to speak, in God's utterance. What we want is a revelation of that down here. So he's hinting to actually the interface within this example for the end of for Esosphere's He's hinting to the purpose of the bracha is to actually draw it down. So it's interesting. It's a muscle, but it's also a muscle that has within it Set a subplot of, of, of hinting to the ideas that he's discussing here. And, but we have to still go back to the nimshal. This is all to explain how Baruch, how when you're speaking to a child, you're teaching babies, has very little left from the energy that was in the word Baruch, and especially the word Baruch as it connects to the other word Baruch Shama Okay, So that's what the blessing is. Like it says in Pirkei Ovis, it goes like this. It's Baris. God created the world with ten utterances and then continues. It says, and he could have created it with only one. And the, and the Mishnah Pirkei Ovis continues, the beginning of chapter five. Now he created this in order to give schar to tzaddikim and, and retribution to the wicked. But the bottom line, What's the Maimed Echad? Could have created, what's, what is the meaning of the Mishnah? The meaning of the Mishnah is that he could have created a one Maimed, that's Ach. That would be one utterance that, like we said before, Makshav Duma, the thought, the, the vision that encompasses all of existence. And he chose to create it in 10, which is the spheres, actually, 10 spheres, which breaks down that there's a structure to existence. So what, what, when we say Baruch Sha'amad, we're saying we want to draw down into the structure the energy and the intensity of that one utterance that encompasses all the nine utterances. 
Okay, all this is in the word Boruch and Boruch Shalom Vayelim. And when we separate this letter Beis on its own as a distinct letter, it does not contain in it this entire Haskola, this entire concept that we've just discussed. But you can't say completely disappeared. But because this letter was part of a word and already was in there before we separated it to teach the child, so something remains, something, some, some measure, some small measure of the concept remains inside the letter. And then he says in the parentheses, for who and this is only in a form of a impression alone. Well, the fiha nesa ba dugma and according to the subject matter of this example that we are now discussing, that we're now involved in, in other words, he's saying is that in other contexts, this muscle could be used in different ways. But in our context, the, 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 it's important to emphasize that this that remains in the letter of base after you separate it from the other letters of Baruch, it's, on, it, it's only a form of diminishing. You can't call it siluk, meaning complete concealment, complete removal. That's the word I was looking for, removal. And that leaves only a, an impression. I'm not sure. You know, when you read it, you can read it two ways. You can read that it's only a diminishment and not in a form that is completely removed and only leaves a impression. Yeah. Or you can read it the other way. Because he said in the beginning, it does leave an impression. You could say that, that it's miyut levad, it's only a diminishment, not in a form of complete removal. Mm-hmm. And then, then kama, in other words, after levad, make a kama, and then lebkin is still a kama. And there remains only a impression. So you can really read the Shinishadakashima both ways. I mean, practically you'd read it as being that's what happens, because he says, It looks like he's adding something here. It could be he's adding that it's more than just a Shima. More than just an impression, because it's not complete concealment. You see, the Shima that we usually talk about is the Shima if not about the energy, it's the containers. The source in the letters before the symptom, in the letters of the containers, so to speak, the letters of the ten hidden spheres, when there's the total symptom, complete concealment. So those letters emerge, and there is Shimu, that's Siluk. Here, okay, we'll probably understand this as we go further. Here, we're talking about the diminishing of the energy of the ten hidden spheres, which we were discussing is not complete Siluk. It's only a diminishing. So it leaves more than just a Yerushima. That's what it seems like he's leading to here in this parenthesis. So there's these two types of Yerushima, the one that is left from the energy, and the base from Baruch after, when you separate it. And there's a Yerushima that's the container that, that he's going to discuss later. Okay. Because the, the, the idea of letters is like containers. Mm-hmm. 
Nevertheless, we can say that I just said. And this too, there are two things, that this too has two, two levels. Is the level that is only a diminishing alone. There's also a level which is complete removal, as we shall explain. Okay. I understand. You could argue that the Baruch is not talking about the energy, you're talking about the containers, because letters are containers. So the case of Baruch, we move the, remove the base, and the energy is removed completely because these are letters, the containers. The only thing that's left is a residue, a, an impression. But he's really saying there's really two things here, as I just suggested. There's Ushimu from the energy itself. The base still has energy. The energy is only a diminished state. The container part is, requires complete removal. He's not explaining it, but he's just saying that there's two things here. So when you say some of the Seichel remains in the letter base, if you're talking about the container, it's only, res only an impression. If you're talking about energy, there's a little Seichel too. Not, I don't know how he's going to explain it, but it could be. I'll say what I'm going to say. Let's see what he says afterwards. It could be because if you have a word baruch, we're not talking about the word is not yet created. We're talking about a word baruch. You take a child and you show him baruch in the siddur, baruch shama. You show him the base. Let's focus on the base. So when the teacher knows that base is part of the entire word, our entire phrase that has a whole concept as we just discussed. The child only sees the letter base, has no clue of what this what, what's included. So from the child's perspective, the letter base is, is, is uh, almost no seichel in it, except that it's a letter base. Not seichel connected to Baruch. The teacher absolutely sees the seichel there. But when the teacher is speaking to the child, he's only focusing on the base. But you can't say that the entire, the entire concept is completely gone. Because one day that student will learn from the base that it was part of a word. And he will learn the ideas. If the base was a complete utter concealment, then there would be, there'd be no way back. There'd be no interface back. So it's not just a concealment like the container is now a dead container until energy enters into it. No, base is still alive. It's, an, it's a live word, letter. Except you don't see the entire seichel within it. But it contains it in some way. It's more than just a container, like a body without a soul. It has some of the soul within it. That's essentially what he's saying here. In this base. And that's why there's another words, two components to it. If you talk purely container, yes. If, for example, if you ask the child to take the base outside of the word, the base, and he never connects it back to Baruch, in a sense, it doesn't have a connection. But because it was part of a word, so it has ktsas, nishemen ktsas ba'os. It's called nishemen ktsas. And the parentheses distinguishes an impression Yeah. I would say shenishadak mishima is referring to siluk. They speak in the parentheses deeper. First he's saying it's only an impression. But then he says according to our discussion here you have to say it's more than an impression. 
because it's not it's just it's only a diminishing the container is only a belief and has an impression but energy there's some form of something remains and even though the the energy within the base alone was diminished and concealed and you cannot see in it all this askal, all the concepts of that we discussed in the word Baruch and Baruch Shem, the phrase, in the word and the phrase that the word is part of. Nevertheless, the base is still the same base mamash. It's not a different letter. It's the base, the same base of Baruch, literally the same letter. That base that you're teaching to the child is the same base exactly in the word Baruch, and it's the same base that's understood to a greater mind. Who within him com comprehends the concept of a blessing, whatever level we're talking about, all the levels he discussed earlier. Or, or even more so, the, or, you know, the whole subject matter of Baruch Shama that God through utterance creates. So that same letter base that you're teaching the child, that same letter base, not a different one. So when the, the same child looks at the base of Baruch, he's only seeing its base. The same person, the teacher or someone else, looking at the same thing, says the same base. He sees base as part of a whole reality. Obviously, all this is going to be an example for Esther Spheres, the revealed spheres, reveal that was there before, but in a concealed form. Energy we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now, now it goes back. This was all. This was a mushroom. So three quarters of this chapter, two thirds of this chapter, are, are an example. Now he goes back. Similarly, we can understand the symptom, the concealment, what that was in the hidden ten hidden spheres, the way they are encompassed. In the infinite divine light before the tzimtzum, shabbat chilo, how you call us bisarvus. In the beginning, meaning in their original state, in their initial state, these ten spheres were all united and all mixed together. If you recall, he spoke about how everything chesed Buddha is all sardus bisarvus. The levad canal. Besides the fact. Or in addition to the fact, besides the fact that they were not a recognizable, distinct entity, and the parentheses he adds, because if they were, they could never have been united. If it's not this way, if that they were not, if it was not a form that they were not a distinct entity, they could never have been united together, because their distinction would have separated them. So in addition to that, besides that, how you made them air Within them was radiating an energy, a light that is mufla, that is awesome, and extremely sublime or extremely lofty or high or elevated. And was not possible. It wasn't potentially possible. It wasn't conceivable. That the worlds, even the highest ones, the Kabbalist Galus Asis Rius Kumashem Bein Not possible for these worlds, even the highest ones, to receive and contain the revelation of these ten hidden spheres the way they are 
encompassed in Ensei Baruch. In other words, the way they are Baruch. Actually, Ensei Baruch was the word Baruch. The way they are included, the base is included in Baruch, and Baruch Shama. That's why he's, that's why he didn't just use the words, also the phrase, because Esesriyas Agnuzis are all encompassed in a higher reality of, I said, like Atzmus consciousness before pre pre-symptom that contains volumes and volumes. Even more than the word bay, bay, even more than the word barach and barach So if that was revealed, think of the child. The child would never learn the word the olive base. They would never learn the letter. In the parentheses, yeah, the The reason they cannot be received, even the highest worlds cannot have this revelation. Is for both reasons. Firstly, because of their act, their their fundamental superiority or their fundamental um, virtue, that their complete formlessness, as we spoke earlier, the ten hidden spheres, and also so there's both also because of the revelation, the light and energy and revelation that's within them. So for two reasons, he's breaking it down. The worlds, even the highest, could not contain this energy. First of all, the energy itself of the ten spheres is a formless state. That doesn't allow the worlds to contain them. And also because they contain within them energy that's even more than their own, like he said with Baruch. So the worlds could not contain this revelation if it were not for the tzimtzum, the concealment that allows that that allows a sphere on a distinct sphere chachma to emanate, to to be transmitted from that space. So take away the tzimtzum concealment, you have this intensity of formless energies that are all connected like letters are connected to words and to phrases, and they contain. Number one, they themselves are formless. Number two, that they're full of that intensity. And the symptom is what allows an individual letter to emerge. In this case, an individual chacham, distinct level. And even though, as we said with Baruch, the base of Baruch, that this chachma that revealed, this distinct entity called chachma, is exactly the same one that was encompassed before in the infinite divine light in Kala Esa together with all the other, with all the ten hidden spheres, Mekal Mokim, nevertheless, Kib Shemim Shecha when it's when it's transmitted as, as alone, as a distinct letter, as a distinct uh, entity, the Einamur Avasim Shari Abchinus, and it's not mixed together and combined with the other levels. That is a descent from its level, from its essentially essential initial level. And here too in the parentheses, he says two things. The Levad Hayiridisha, the Etzema is Galus. Besides for the descent that comes from the actual revelation of this individual distinct letter. Through the Tzimtzum it, it descends. That it becomes mitzvahs dover, a tangible entity. We can now pay the kabbais, as we mentioned, discussed earlier in the previous chapter, twenty-two. Well, befrat, 
So in addition to that, Oh, okay, sorry. Let me read it differently. The parentheses is only covering one side of it. And then there's the outside of the parentheses, so it's saying like this. So now we said the Chochmah is exactly the same Chochmah as it was in the hidden spheres. However, um, it descended from its level. So now he's saying two things. In the parentheses, one thing. So in addition to the fact, besides the fact that this descent through the actual, through the essential um, revelation that, it, that now it's a separate, it's a it's distinct entity. It's a, it's seized over rather. It's a tangible entity. And especially when it's transmitted and revealed on its own. That it becomes a, an, an entity. And it's no longer formless, literally formless the way it was before, before the tzimtzum in the hidden spheres. The head that Apshitis has a gamkein Its lack of formlessness is also a, a concealment of the energy. It mentions uh, Nasim Tzitzit every twice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because there's two things. One is, there's two, there's a several things going on. One is, there's a descent. The mere fact that it gets revealed means it's no that it gets revealed as a separate thing. It doesn't say separate before. I know. So it seems like they're all... No, so he's talking... Yeah, no, not that it is. He's just saying, he's breaking down what's happening here. One is that the letter, or Chachma, is now just being revealed. Another is that it's revealed as a distinct, separate entity. And therefore, it's not Pshittis. You know, hypothetically, you could say something is revealed, but it's still in its formless state, shape. Like you wouldn't, let's say, see the Baruch, the base. You would just see it as part of a uh, something bigger. So even though it's starting to to emerge, it's not yet a distinct letter separate. So the second thing that he adds here is that it's also pshitus. It's not pshitus no longer. It's no longer formless. So besides being revealed, it's also not formless. Yeah, he did speak before about that if it was revealed exactly the way it was. It would all like the Kreches Nalamim or something like that. Yeah. It's like two things here. One is that that there's the actual revelation. Actual revelation of a letter. And then there's this way it's a distinct entity. And it's no longer that formless because also lack of formlessness, he says, is also due to the concealment of energy. Remember, he said before in the parentheses as well that there's two things going on here. This is consistent with the previous parentheses. He said 
that the reason that the higher world, even the highest worlds cannot contain the energy of the ten hidden spheres is one, because the actual thing that they are pshittas, that they are formless, and second, because they contain within them a very high revelation, think of Baruch, all the ideas. So besides the fact that the letter is formless because it's combined with all the others, it also contains in it energy that's far beyond. So here too, when it descends and it's revealed the letter, two things happen. Number one, that it now is not, that it's no, it does not have that um, energy. It's now a separate letter, separate idea. I'm sorry, that it's, uh, that, that it's becoming to become a tangible entity. And the second, that it's revealed as a separate thing and does not have the formlessness. So, this, so both, both elements are necessary because one is that it's mixed with the others and the other is that it, is, um, it has carries another higher energy. It appears that's what he's trying to say here too. So the first thing that is that it, it no longer has that energy, then it's a distinct thing, so it's not formless. And that too, that lack of formless too, is a form of, 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 of hidden. Okay, yeah. Let me go back to the Center. The hidden spheres, there are two things that, 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 that give them power, so to speak, intensity. One is that they're all combined together. So there's a lot of energy in that. And then secondly, their combination means they're also carrying other energy, all the other energy from before the Tzimtzum. So Baruch, for example, has the fact that it's with other Rej Vav Chof, makes it an entity that's very intense, that cannot be contained without a Tzimtzum. But then it also contains ideas that he's been discussing, the meaning of Baruch and all that. That's even beyond the four letters. Because Baruch could just mean the limited idea of a Baruch. But once you start to all the ideas of Baruch, everything, then... <laughs> That makes it even more impossible to be contained without its symptom. So what, it, what I believe he's saying is the same thing as here. There's one that you need to have is that it becomes a mitzvah's daughter. So it doesn't have the whole concept. But it's still pshittis. It still can be pshittis. It still can be mixed with the other letters. So it doesn't have all the meanings of Baruch, but it's still more than just a base. Then comes the second thing about flat, it becomes separate from the Reish Vav Chav. Mm -hmm. So even in the word Baruch, the base becomes separate even from the word. So it's even a deeper concealment now. And then he's saying, Hedra Pshittis is also a form of concealment. You see, in other words, both are concealing energy. One conceals all the concepts. The other one conceals even the most basic concept of Baruch. Yeah. This is all the parentheses. So in addition, besides all this, and now he goes outside the parenthesis, Well, this looks like what I just said. Okay. That has concealed the energy that was radiating them when they were all together. So how is this different than what I just said in the parentheses? Okay, I think I think I should re, re I, I, what I said is correct, but it's connected. The parentheses I think is emphasizing primarily number one. 
not number two. It's not emphasizing the diminishing of the concept of everything that was reading it. I think what he wants to say is a little deeper. When you have the word Baruch, you lose sight of the letters. Because once you start focusing on the message, someone who has a comprehension of the word Baruch, not a child, who doesn't know that it's made up, you know, who only knows letters. Once you hear the word Baruch and Baruch, you start learning everything in Chassidus and the Nigla, you lose sight of the letters. And all you know is the concept. So on that level, if that's revealed, the worlds could not contain that. It needs a diminishing of that. So the first thing you need is just to recognize the word Baruch, like almost like making it clear that we're talking letters here and not just a concept. But they still are, are they still have the idea in them. You can't say that, they, that, that, that the, the worlds can yet contain them. But what you've done is the first descent is that they become, that's what he says, the first descent is they become etzimiz gaus. You're basically defining letters here, Baruch. Whereas you were just thinking about the abstract idea that's contained in these letters, the word and so on. Instead of a word, you're now seeing a word made up of letters. And then he adds in the parentheses, and specifically when, they start, when you start seeing the letters distinct. And they're no longer pshitus, where, because you could say, you could still say Baruch, but it's still one word. Now we're separating. Let's make believe you take the base raised of Chaf and you separate them. So that's the second step. Where now they're becoming, a, they're not Pshittus anymore, as they were before. Before, they were all connected. Obviously with Baruch, it's not Pshittus because it's four letters, but think of it in the, in the, in the example, in the hidden spheres. They're all combined, so there's, they're, they're formless in that sense. Like you said, before in the parentheses. They were formless on their own, and also the energy that within them, which is the message that they carry. So both the letters were formless because they were part of a bigger word, and also that word contains a lot of more energy than even the word itself is, than the word on its own. So he's saying, Hedin Apshitas, this is also a concealment. So all these are gradations. First you have sense a word, then that word is made up of separate letters, and now they're no longer pshitus, they're no longer formless. And this is already also a concealment because you're not, you're already, so to speak, diminishing from where its original state when it was completely abstract. And then Eidzeis is adding what I said before. I'm breaking it further. Then in addition to what happens by their, by the appearance of their, of their identity and by the distinction is that the energy that was in them before, which was the whole message, that the energy that was radiating in this, in this world and in these ideas, when they were all united, is all concealed. Like the example of the letter Bez above, when it was in the word Baruch, it hadn't it, the concept, the whole idea of blessing that we discussed earlier. Or when it was separated, when it was separated, it does no longer have from this concept, only a, a, a minimal amount, 
Ma'at, a little. Vereshimulvan, an impression alone. Kanal. I discussed earlier. Kamoy ken kishinim shachasvidus hachachm levad. Ein boirak ma'at ma'ed hakodem. The same is as when there was the transmission of the of the of the sphere of chacham alone. It only has within it only a only a bit. Ma'at a little of diminished form or a little of of the previous energy. Kitzur, and the summary is like this: Valderech Moshel, and for example, Tevis Baruch Shemalubish Boy Bohaskola. The word Baruch. That within it is manifest an idea. When you separate the letter base by itself, it does not have in it only a bit from the seichel, from the idea that was manifest within it. And it's, and it's still yet, it's the same letter that was there, exactly the same letter that was there before. The same thing with Chachma. Through separating as a distinct entity on its own. Besides leaving its formless state, it also is a diminished form of life and energy. Ah, this is the key here, because if you remember the end of last chapter, he said, he said two things. That when spheres of chachma, when chachma becomes a distinct entity after the tzimtzum, look at the last line, three lines in the last chapter. The nimtza, he covers the spheres of chachma, the recognition of the sphere of chachma, shaydayis chalkos, through separating, ain't zedak be'etzim ohusa. It's not only in its fundamental assessments that now it's recognizable chachma, kimgam b'chinus mita'ev. It's also diminished energy. In other words, very part, very much part of what he's building here is that it's not just a distinct entity, but it's also a diminished form of energy going in there. Yeah, that's a critical point. He, he, he said that before. And the, if you look at the kids, also, that's why, that's why his, his whole parenthesis keeps going here. It's going to be very relevant because later he wants to say that the symptom and the energy in the Erhag Vol, which means the ten hidden spheres, is only a mirt. But it is a mirt. There is a diminishing of energy. And that's not enough. In other words, the Chachma of the revealed Chachma is not just that it's a distinct Chachma. It's also diminished. So it does not have the same energy level. Like the Beis Abarov does not have all that content, only in a concealed form or a diminished form. Yeah, it's going to be critical because probably the distinction between the containers and the energy. The containers, the main thing, they have no energy altogether. So they are only going to be distinct entities. And here he's saying the Chachma is a distinct entity and also diminished energy. Whereas Kalim probably have no diminished energy at all. Or the other extreme, the Kalim don't have any Tzimtzum because they, they reflect the Etzim. The Tzimtzum doesn't affect so, so the earth has both sides of it. It's the it's energy that remains energy transcendence, but it's diminished. He said that a lot earlier. Yeah. That the, the advantage of the containers is that they're not affected by the tzimtzum, uh, but because because they may, they retain their quality, but they're not revealed. With air, it's revealed, but it's diminished. So the tzimtzum impacts the air. That's going to be the ultimate distinction. In 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 kalim, in order for the kalim to emerge, you need complete concealment. For the air, you only need diminished. 
but ironically, paradoxically, the air diminishing so it's it's not as great symptom. But on the other hand, the containers can retain their fundamental essential quality, except not in a revealed form, and the symptom doesn't impact them. So the symptom conceals everything to allow the containers to emerge. So the containers are, are actually uh, are actually unscathed by the symptom, where the air is affected by the symptom, but it still remains air that's revealed. Mm-hmm. So these two elements is what he's focusing on. That's why he's talking about that the air is diminished. It's, it's, it's a way of reconciling what he said earlier, because there, because you could technically say that the, I mean, keep, I mean, you can't really say it, because if, the, if there's no way that this sphere could be distinct if it did, if it was not diminished. But technically, there's two steps here. One is that it's a distinct entity. In other words, if you conceal the bleakville, the entity emerges. And the second is that the entity has now diminished energy. That's a critical component as well. It becomes, like say, the GPS once it becomes distinguished, it automatically covers itself. It's, there's no automatic, it's two, it's automatic. It's two separate elements to it. Yeah, the distinction of it, they, they could be Habatai, but he didn't say that. He's saying basically both elements are taking place here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the one leads to the other, and one is connected to the other. Okay, so we'll stop here. So we did chapter 23, pages 36 and 37.